0: And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037TheBuzz and 1037TheBuzz.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto with amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent You. We have a very special, special podcast today as we're going to be joined by a very special guest and Phil Steele of philsteele.com. He was able to come on the show and we broke down everything about college football, specifically about the Arkansas Razorbacks and what to expect out of them in first year under Sam Pittman in 2020. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it and welcome in Phil Steele. What's going on, Phil? How you doing?
1: I am doing great. How about yourself, John?
0: Well, I think uh, during this time every year, you know, it's a, a little different When, as far as the excitement in college football goes with the COVID, and I know it's been a challenge for everybody, and actually that's where I kind of wanted to start the interview with you, and just asking you, how is this magazine and what you've been putting together, has there been any challenges, anything that you've had to personally change up or adjust compared to what you do to previous years when you put out your magazine? Yeah, definitely.
1: There was a couple of changes this year. Uh, I think the first one uh, was that we had to put the uh, magazine out later than normal. Normally, we send the magazine to the press the end of May, but uh, the state of Ohio got shut down, so I'm sitting in an empty office by myself for two months uh, because we couldn't have the staff come in. And then once they got back in, they were full go and ready to go, and we started talking to the coaches and got the thing finished. But went to the press on July the 8th as opposed to the end of May. So that's the first change. And the second is, during that time in March, you're wondering if you're even going to put out a magazine. Is it going to be a football season? So I decided to limit the distribution as opposed to printing 200,000 or so like we normally do. We only printed 50,000 this year. And very limited distribution. It's only going to be available at Barnes & Noble and Books-A-Million. So if there's a Barnes & Noble, Books-A-Million around, then you can get it there. If not, it would be available at philsteel.com. But those are the two major changes. Information-wise, all the same. It took us a little extra time. We got all the information in there. And I did talk to a little over hundred, about 110 of the head coaches out there this year.
0: Well, since you got a chance to talk to so many coaches, how do you feel about when talking to them about the COVID and their uh feelings and opinions on what's going to be coming up this fall was most coaches saying hey yeah we're just we're all on board we're planning on having football was there a lot of coaches that a little more skeptical what was the overall feel from them
1: yeah and i didn't know what i was going to be walking into when i started talking to the coaches so you know you figured you get a lot of different answers but basically we got all the same answer from all the coaches and much like a football game, John. Your starting running back, goes down, guess what? Next man up, get the backup in there. He goes down, you know what? Next man in, let's keep playing. They're going to play, and uh, the coaches, whether they had 10 spring practices or zero spring practices, all had the same attitude. You know what? It's just a minor setback in the way. We're going to be out there ready to play football. You put the ball on the field, we'll be there 100% ready. Now, the coaches I feel most sorry for would be a first-year head coach, stepping into a situation where they didn't get spring practice and had an inexperienced team. I think those coaches may struggle a little bit this year, but as mentioned, I think most of the coaches were next man up. We'll be ready to play when the season starts.
0: It's probably the best way to go about it because we really never know what's going to be happening in the coming weeks. But So let's just, for the sake of this interview and the sake for all of us having fun, Let's just go ahead and assume that the college football season is going to be full go and everything's going to be good to go. The team I want to ask you about, of course, is the team that we cover here in the state of Arkansas, and that is the Arkansas Razorbacks, which is such a unique situation, not only because of the COVID-19, but you have a brand new coach in Sam Pittman, a coach that uh, has really been successful in the SEC as far as a position coach, but never being a head coach at this level. Yet there's some optimism. There's some excitement by Razorback fans because hey, you can't do much worse than four and twenty over the past two years. So what do you make of Sam Pittman and the squad that he's gotten heading into his first year in 2020?
1: Yeah, and one SEC win over the last three years. Yeah. That's a long time <laughs> to only win one SEC game. Uh, and there's been close ones in that span where Arkansas could easily have won, but it just hasn't happened. So I do think in that situation, you know, where you're at the very bottom and only one way to go. And there is talent here. I mean, you look at Felipe Franks coming in at the quarterback position. you got to like that Raheem Boyd at running back. Uh, I actually rate Arkansas as having my number 26 running backs in the country. Uh, the receivers was a, a, a point of emphasis for Chad Morris, getting them more speed at the receiver position. And I think they're pretty good at receiver with Burks and Woods there. Uh, the question mark I would have would be the offensive line. You know, Remember when Bielema was at Arkansas, he wanted a big offensive line. Then Morris came in and wanted a more mobile, smaller offensive line. And now Pittman comes back in and wants the bigger offensive line again. He was able to put weight on these guys. So we'll see how that translates. And I tell you what, I'm on the Joe Moore Award Committee. Those guys got a lot of respect for Sam Pittman and the job he does coaching offensive line. So you got to think they'd be in pretty good shape there. Naturally, there's question marks on defense. Last year, Arkansas gave up 37 points per game, 451 yards per game. And you look at the defensive side of the ball, they've got six starters back, which is about the same they had last year, breaking in a new system without the benefit of spring practices. I still think the defense is going to be lagging a little bit behind. And the schedule's not easy either. But uh, I do see Arkansas as potentially an improved team. I think if Pittman and company had had a full spring practice under their belt, I might be even more optimistic, but uh, I don't know if you know this, John, but the SEC West, from what I hear, it's a pretty tough
0: division. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's had its uh, it's had its strengths for sure over the past few years, <laughs> unfortunately for Arkansas, they have not been one of those strengths. But uh, the one of the players that you mentioned, I know Razorback fans love him, is Raheem Boyd because he's a guy that. Uh, even though the teams and the offenses were so bad over the past couple of years, he's kind of been that bright spot. And him coming back for another year, I think Razorback fans are just hoping that, hey, with him in the backfield, with these wide receivers that have some talent, with the new quarterback in Felipe Franks, which, you know, he may not be the greatest, but hopefully he's a better, an upgrade from what we saw the past two years. And with Sam Pittman being the great offensive line coach, you're hoping that it all comes together. But Phil, to me, it all is going to be a lot rested at the feet of Rakeem Boyd and he's a guy that I feel like is one of the best running backs in the SEC.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there. I mean the guy's six foot, two hundred fifteen pounds, he's got the size, he's a big kid, really powerful, he's elusive, he's got good ball skills, broad shoulders, he's got long speed, uh, and he's a guy that, that can handle the load and he's proved that. Last year he rushed for over a thousand yards. I, I like the average. I mean, six point two yards per carry, that's not too bad and Partly his entire offensive line is back with him. They've got four starters back on the O-line. Granted, it's a new system, but I think he will fare well this year. And uh so that is a nice place to start. And, you know, let's face it, John, last year for Arkansas, Let's get a quarterback to start two games in a row. That might be a plus. I mean, there's five different starting quarterbacks the last five games of the season. I don't know if I've ever seen that in college football. That that had to be a little unusual.
0: Yeah, and I've noticed that usually teams that would do that don't seem to have undefeated seasons when you're playing five different quarterbacks. (laughs) So uh, I think there's some sort of correlation there. But speaking of the quarterback, Felipe Franks is a guy that it's kind of beneficial because Arkansas fans have at least seen him at Florida. He's had some XCC experience, but... Uh, in a lot of cases, you know, best tra- best quarterbacks don't always transfer, but with somebody like Felipe Franks and the offense that Kendall Bryles is going to run, what do you feel like is a good expectation for his play in 2020?
1: You know, I think he's probably going to have his best season as a senior. And you go back to 2018 when he was the full-time starter at Florida, uh, he improved from 54% up to 58% completions. He improved from a 9-8 ratio up to a 24-6 ratio, which you got to love. And the guy's mobile. He had 350 yards rushing that year. Now, last year, he had his season cut short by that broken leg after three games. But uh, I think he probably has his best season. He's a good-sized kid, six-six, two thirty-five, 235, mobile. Uh, he's got a very strong arm. He can make all the throws. And uh, he was a team leader in the weight room at at Florida uh his problem in the past had been trouble recognizing coverages but as mentioned when you have a 24-6 uh, ratio like he did in 18 i think he could do a pretty good job so i'm looking for his best season yet
0: we'll continue our discussion with phil still of philstill.com here in just a second but first folks I gotta tell you about rock auto and how they have it going on when it comes to car parts listen we know that the covid19 and everything going on in this country is very uncertain but that's no reason to go to some sort of big dealership or overpriced box store to try to pick up the car parts that you need. You want to work on your vehicle. You want to stay at home. You want to do your own social distancing. But you need something that's cheap and that the parts are reliable. And they actually have the car parts for you. But that's what's great about rockauto.com. It's a family business. And it's been serving auto part customers for 20 years online. If you just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body of parts, they have so many different car parts from so many different manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And the catalog is so unique and remarkably easy to navigate. And you can quickly see all the parts for your vehicles and choose the brand specifications and all the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always low and the same as professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why not why would you want to spend twice as much for the same parts for car parts it doesn't make any sense so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck right locked on and how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you because at rockauto.com they have amazing selection reliably low prices and all the car parts you will ever need rockauto.com Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. We're speaking with Phil Steele of PhilSteele.com right here on the West End Cigars Hotline, 1037 The Buzz, out of bounds. Uh, Phil, I want to move on and talk a little bit more about the SEC in general and specifically the SEC West because I was looking at some of your rankings and I got to tell you, I saw that you had Texas AM. At number five in the country, which may have surprised a lot of people. think People think Jimbo Fisher's a good coach and they got some talent, but you're pretty high on the Aggies this year. What are you seeing from them?
1: Yeah, and you know, last year when I was going over the team with Coach Fisher, and uh, two things really jumped out to me. Number one was the strength of schedule, and as it turns out, John, they played three number one ranked teams in the country. Clemson was number one when they played them. Bama was number one when they played them. LSU was number one when they played them. They also played the number four and the number eight ranked teams in the country. So that was a pretty brutal schedule. And the other thing that stood out to me when I was talking to them uh, in in the spring was that they had very few seniors on the squad. So it was a young team playing a brutal schedule. And as you would expect, they lost those five games against the top 10 teams. Well, Two things also struck out to me was that they would be more experienced this year and have a better schedule. So I told Coach Fisher, I'm going to put you on the cover of my national magazine next year. And here it is next year. They have got 17 returning starters and three full recruiting classes for Jimbo at Texas A&M. That's usually when a coach hits his stride. The schedule is so much easier. They may only play one top 10 team this year, and that would be Alabama on the road. Other than that, the schedule's a lot easier. The talent's there. Uh, they go two, three deep of most positions. They are now an experienced team. They've actually got seniors on this year's squad. So I think it's Texas A&M's year to shine. So I, I think that uh, when I look at my surprise team list at the start of the year, it's always a non-top-ten team that I think can make the playoff. Uh, a couple years back, it was Washington. Washington made the playoff. Two years ago, was Notre Dame. Notre Dame made the playoff. Last year, it was Utah Heck, if they won that Pac-12 title game, they would have made the doggone playoff, but they didn't. But uh, this year, my number one surprise team is A&M. Nobody's going to have them in the preseason top ten. But I think when you look at talent and schedule, they've got the chance to actually compete for a playoff spot. They have to do what LSU did last year, go into Tuscaloosa and come out with a win. Not easily done, but I think the possibility exists.
0: Yeah, because Phil, you know, I'm I'm under those beliefs that Texas A&M. It seems like they got everything that you could possibly want in a program to be successful, but they've just yet to take that step. And to me, it's like, man, if Jimbo Fisher can't do it uh, with all the talent he's recruiting and being the great great coach that he is. I don't know if it's ever going to get done. So I feel like probably the Aggies are hoping that this is the year where they can make those tremendous strides, but you mentioned the SEC West and you know Bama's going to be Bama. LSU may not be as good as last year, but they're still going to be a solid program. How do you see the rest of the SEC West shaking up?
1: Yeah, and uh, believe it believe it or not, John, I went with uh Alabama to win the West. Mm-hmm. Shocking pick, I know. <laughs> it's uh going out on a limb there. They had a disastrous season last year. I mean, They finished number eight in the country, if you can believe Mm, that. Terrible. Uh, They still still are ranked uh, in my top units in all eight position categories. My number two set of running backs, number three receivers. How about this? Number one offensive line in the country. Number 10 D line. Remember last year, they had two premier linebackers heading into the season, and Dylan Moses and Joshua McMillan both go down to injury. They had to start a couple of true freshman linebackers. Those true freshmen are now softs, and Moses and McMillan are back. So that's a really good linebacking quarter. The secondary is always good under Saban, and the special teams are solid. So they deserve to be the favorites there, plus they get A&M at home. Uh, LSU's a team where they're going to take a step back, but much like the Alabama, Alabama's lost double-digit players in the NFL before, and rebounded and still contended. I think they will reload a bit, but I just don't see them getting back to last year's 15-0, and dominate the playoffs type of level. I see a more of a 2018 version when they went 10-3. and three. Uh, Good talent, but very inexperienced. And they actually, 14 draft picks, 20 guys are in the NFL. Six signed as free agents, so that's a lot of talent to go out the door there. And with Auburn, they're always a threat. And I have to be honest with you, Auburn surprised me last year. They beat Texas A&M. I thought A&M would beat them, and they beat Alabama. And Alabama winning that game, so Gus Malzahn did a good job last year. Uh, he only has 10 starters coming back, but he does have Bo Nix as one of them an improved receiving core. My question marks are actually on the offensive line and the defensive line, which aren't as good as last year. The offensive line uh, returned zero starters after having a senior-laden group. That's probably my biggest question mark there. You've got two new head coaches at the Mississippi schools, and I think Lane Kiffin is in a much better situation than Mike Leach. Kiffin inherits a ton of freshmen that played and were highly productive last year, like John Rice Plumley. Uh, you take a look at Matt Corral, the two quarterbacks were both freshmen last year. Ely at running back, Snoop Connor at running back, a lot of young talent played. And now he steps in inherits that, and I think he'll do a good job in his first year. Meanwhile, Mike Leach inherits a Mississippi State, State team that is not as experienced and is making a pretty drastic change. As we know, they've relied on a, the quarterback running the football there. Now they're moving themselves to a passing offense, or Leach leads the nation in fewest or uh, highest percentage of passes uh, in a game. In fact, his run game is generally little screens to the running back, and uh, taking that sign of a drastic change, I think it's going to take time. You have to re- retool the offensive line, new blocking schemes, and his first three years at Washington State, he lost. He had losing seasons each of the first three years, so I think he's going to have a little bit of a rebuilding year. If there's anybody in the West, I think Arkansas has got a chance. At top of this year, it'd be Mississippi State. But Arkansas's got a pretty tough schedule. In fact, most of the winnable games on Arkansas' schedule this year, I'm talking about Missouri and Mississippi State, are both on the road. They get teams like Alabama and LSU at home. And for some reason, I think the Tide and the Tigers will probably be favored in those games.
0: <laughs> we'll continue our discussion with Phil Steele of philsteele.com here in just a second. But first, this. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, that's probably a good guess. And, and it's funny because you brought up the coaches. Obviously, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin got a lot of buzz in Arkansas with Sam Pittman. And even in the east with Missouri, Eli Drinkwitz uh, is, is up there as well. And just obviously certain teams and certain programs are in better shape right now for coaches to take on. But between those four new coaches, who do you think is in the best shape for the long term? Who do you like, as far as from four, or five, or six years from now, their programs and where they're at right now to be in better shape?
1: Uh, I think that I would probably still go with Lane Kiffin. I like the job he did at Florida Atlantic. Uh, he took over a team and, and got him to play extremely well. Won two uh, uh, titles, or conference titles in his three years there. And he's got just so much good freshmen there. And he's going to be able to recruit. If you have early, early success, you'll be able to bring in some big-time recruiting classes. I think he will be able to accomplish that. So he's probably in the best shape there. But Arkansas is one of those sneaky ones. I know Sam Pittman's a first-year head coach. And no spring practice, got that going against him. And a first-time head coach as well. But I like the overall talent base Arkansas has. So I think he'll have that type of success in the third or fourth year
0: all right phil uh we've always appreciate you coming on but uh real quick to look at the national college football landscape w- what are you looking at for the college football playoff this year are we going to see more of the same where it's going to be Ohio state oklahoma bama clemson yeah maybe a team in there i know you mentioned a and m maybe being that surprise team but how do you feel like the college football playoff plays off this year and who takes home the crown
1: yeah john i went way out on a limb here i've got uh uh, Oklahoma in the Big 12, Alabama in the SEC, Clemson in the ACC, and Ohio State in the Big 10. So I've really <laughs> taken a lot of chances with it this year. But uh, in the playoff, I think the two best teams might just be Ohio State and Clemson. Uh, when you look at them, they've got the quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. You know, my question on Justin Fields last year was, can this guy read defenses? Well, 41 touchdown passes, three interceptions. Let me think. Yeah, he can read defenses. And uh, I think those two are the best quarterbacks. They step into the best situations. Uh, both have veteran head coaches, so the lack of spring practice won't hurt them. And they probably have the best opportunity to succeed this year. And if you watch last year's, championship, or last year's playoff game between those two, that Ohio State might have been the better team on the field. They just didn't end up winning the game. This sure, year I think Ryan Day can break that down and actually win a title. So I went with Ohio State to win it all.
0: All right, Phil. If somebody out there that's listening, of the billions listening to the show, of course, if they want to be able to know all that they possibly can about college football and to be able to read your previews, what is the best way and the most effective way to make sure they get their hands on the Phil Steele magazine?
1: Well, the easiest and most enjoyable way is probably go to Barnes and Noble or Books a Million if you have one in the area. I always love going to bookstores. You get to get other things than you want, and you get instant gratification get the book in your hands right away. Now it's exclusively this year at Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. It won't be sold anyplace else. Or you can go online at philsteel.com. That's S T E E L E dot com. That's Philsteel.com. And if you go there and order the magazine, we ship them out right away and they get you in they get you in one to three days priority mail. That is Philsteel, S T E E L E dot com. Or if you need a phone number for the office, it's 866-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918-918- 7711 that's 866-918-7711 and we're in the office till 5 eastern every day
0: don't want to miss out folks college football is upon us and the best way to get you hyped for it is the phil Steels magazine and phil as always man we appreciate you joining us you do a great job in the magazine looking forward to the college football season and happening and probably looking forward to catching up with you later down the road All right my man
1: yeah, let's let's get caught up midseason because we are playing football this year, John. Let's be I'd be optimistic. I'm saying we're playing football, and I'll talk to you midseason.
0: Hey, let's do it, man. Appreciate it.
1: All right, thanks, John. Great talking football with you today
0: appreciate everybody that's been listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.